0: To our first episode of The Dating Culture. I am so incredibly excited to have this lovely guest here with me today. And (laughs) she is a family friend and also somebody who I look up to in so many different ways from the perspective of a woman who is uh, extremely strong, extremely empowering. South Asian and also just comes from a very interesting walk of life and I couldn't be more excited to have you on my first episode. So welcome Alicia. Thank
1: you (laughs) pile.
0: So we are going to be talking about um, all different perspectives of dating, but you know, the reason why I had reached out to you a while ago was because I first thought to myself, well, you know, who's somebody that has such a unique story and has such a unique background and somebody who could just like bring a whole different perspective to the table of dating, at least for our generation. So I... You know, couldn't help but to think Aliciaba is like perfect for this. And when I called you, my intention was to talk about arranged marriages, and it's kind of like you open up the door to like a whole new world and a whole new uh, perspective that existed. So I'm like really, really excited for you to be here. So welcome. <laughs> All right, thanks, Pile. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So um, why don't you tell? us a little about who you are and what you do.
1: And then we can kind of like dive deeper into all the nitty gritty details. Okay, well, Um. all right. So Pile, I am a friend of yours. I've been a friend of yours for a really long time. Actually, I met through your aunt. I think I would call myself a woman that is open to expressing myself in many different ways, whether it's creatively, which I do through writing. I'm also a nurse. So I express myself through My work when I heal with patients. Um, Also, of course, I'm a mom. So I think there's an expression there. Um, You know, when you are a mom, you definitely express yourself creatively through how you bring up your children. Mm -hmm. Um, I also would call myself a really good friend. Mm -hmm. I think I have a lot of very dear friendships, and Mm -hmm. I think I select, I'm very selective with who I call friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know we live in this world, this Facebook world where everyone's your friend, (laughs) but uh, I don't do that. I often say, I know this person, I'm acquainted with this person, but I do really pick and choose friends that allow me to um, be a better version of myself. That's good. So I won't call you a friend unless (laughs) I trust you. So that's really, it's really a trust relationship, but generally my friends are people who Really allow me to be, mm-hmm. be me. You mm-hmm. ask me who I am, mm-hmm. and I think different friends help me to reinforce different parts of who I am. That's amazing, and I know that when I had called you, um,
0: you know, I picked up the phone and I was like, I want to talk to Alicia because. For some reason, I thought, okay, she's an auntie that I've known for a really long oh, time. don't call me an auntie. <laughs> <laughs> but like a really cool one.
1: Oh, all right. And you so- Call I... me something else. Call me a BB or a Masi. <laughs> well, I don't call, I don't even call you a Lishabah auntie. I just call you a Lishabah. Yeah, no, you better. <laughs> yeah, none of this auntie crap. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I'm hitting that age.
0: Um, so I called you cause I was thinking who's like a really like unique person. Cause I, I remember you posting about all your blogs on Facebook and I was like, she's a great writer. She's very well-spoken. Um, and she's not the typical, uh, South Asian mom. And I was like, I wonder what her story is. And I think I gravitated towards you because I was like, well, I know that you had an arranged marriage. Um, and, but you raised two boys here in, in America. And so, um, when we, when we talked on the phone that day, you had just kind of, you know, given me so much more information about your upbringing, your childhood, um, how, you know, what position you were when you got married, everything. So like, tell me a little bit about that whole journey, I guess, from the time, like, you know, just like your upbringing, your childhood, like all that kind of stuff, like your
1: background and who you are. So, all right. So, um, I'm going to give you a brief synopsis. Um, so for people who are listening, I am, I, I have a book that's coming out, um in 2020 i think um and that book will give you way more detail on what i'm going to tell you now because mm-hmm. it is a memoir um it's a memoir about um my life and um basically you know my my life the way i i grew up was i grew up as an indian living in minneapolis a suburb of minneapolis during a time where there was pretty much no brown people were you born there <clears throat> no i was born in chandigarh okay Yeah, so I I came here at the age of one. Okay. And um, when we were growing up there, my mother did not want to live in America. Mm -hmm. She did not like America. She wanted to live in Chandigarh, and that was where she wanted to bring us all up. Which, after visiting Chandigarh, I'm like, yeah, I got cheated out of that one because (laughs) it's such a nice place. But um, anyway, so unfortunately, my mom passed away when I was three. So we ended up being um, permanent residents in Minneapolis. So we grew up in this small town called Burnsville. Um, I grew up without a mom. And then my father remarried probably, you know, uh, when I was about four or five, Mm -hmm. four and a half, I think. Um, And of course that changed my life because of course marriages and, you know, we live in this world where there's a lot of blended families for the most part that works. And sometimes it doesn't work. I guess it worked, But really, there was a lot of internal turmoil that I think Mm -hmm. really took me years to process. Mm -hmm. And I really don't think I had permission to process it because as Indians, especially back in those days, we were taught to sort of respect and keep quiet. Suppress your emotions. Yeah, suppress your emotions. (laughs) You know, I I didn't really give myself permission to really discuss that until I was much older. I would say um, well after my children were grown Mm -hmm. because I really didn't want to upset the kilter of their life i wanted it to go as you know storybook as possible which that's mm-hmm. a bunch of baloney too but whatever i just like to pretend <laughs> back then i was a, i was a pretender but um anyway so i grew up in that household it was i had um seven seven siblings and if you can imagine what that did to the nice dairy farmers living in Minnesota, <laughs> they weren't all that sure how to accept a whole banshee of Indians. <laughs> so,
0: were you guys the only Indians in your
1: area? Um, uh, we, we were the only brown ones. Only there there co- wasn't even black people. Wow. Yeah. In okay. fact, they thought we were from Africa. They always oh. used to say, oh, you're African, and we'd be like we're from India. Like, and they'd say, where's that? And then we'd just give up and say, fine, we're African. Oh, man. <laughs> You're like, sure, whatever you want to think Yeah, about there, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> so we grew up there. My father um, was really super strict. And mm. I think two things made him strict. One was, I think he, you know, he had lost his wife. I think he sort of lost his trust in the world. Mm. And he lost his trust with, you know, accepting the fact that the culture would not somehow negatively influence his family and tear it apart because he already had sort of faced that. Mm -hmm. And I think that was his defense mechanism was Mm -hmm. sort of to hunker down and kind of like eliminate anything that wasn't familiar to him. Mm -hmm. So my dad um, was brought up as a Christian. However, his father was a um, convert from Islam. So he was a Muslim. My grandfather, my dada, was a, actually a Muslim mullah. So he was actually it's a, a very, Muslim mullah. Um, he, like you would call them, probably he was like a maybe a thought leader or a elder or a teacher. Mm. Um, a leader. Okay. Basically okay. a leader in this. So mm-hmm. um, not anybody just attending, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. actually kind of on the forefront of um, the growth of Islam in that area. Wow. Okay and he actually um he actually was known for his sort of um i wouldn't say hatred but i would say he sort of did not like christianity at all because he felt like it was um you know uh, um at that time it was in the 1800s there was mm-hmm. some missionaries there and he kind of was very against that whole movement mm-hmm. um so anyways my my grandfather eventually surprisingly ended up Converting and he became a Christian even though he had, you know, he was all very anti-christian He ended up becoming a Christian. Why was that though? He got sick um, And when he got sick, he went um, He went to a hospital Mm. and in that hospital there was a guy and um, the doctor happened to be a Christian and he Asked and he started asking my grandfather some questions and my grandfather was a very well-read Islamic um, kind of teacher Mm -hmm. And he just couldn't answer the questions. And that really upset him that he couldn't really respond to this man. Mm -hmm. So he started sneaking around and reading the Bible. Started reading. Yeah. So he's sneaking. And then his father found out and burned it. And then he read it again. And then he got beat up. Then he converted. And then he got poisoned with strychnine. So your grandfather's father? Yes. Okay.
0: Was upset with the
1: fact that he was,
0: you know, learning and studying the Bible.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then eventually when he converted, uh, my grandfather was poisoned with strychnine. He was beat up. He got kicked out of his family. So my family sort of only far back on my father's side, I know, is my grandfather. Mm-hmm. That's it, because he was sort of kicked out of mm-hmm. his family. and He had nowhere to go, and he just had to restart his life again. So I say that because although my father was brought up not with Islamic faith mentally, women were still subservient. Women were still you know, to be kept very closed mm-hmm. and don't mix with boys and all that sort of stuff. So although I think my grandfather had become a Christian, those things he did not erase from his mind. That was just a part of his cultural upbringing, how he saw women, mm-hmm. how he saw men and women's relationships. And that he did teach to his children. And he had, um, my, my father is one of, oh, gosh, uh, he has, um, I think, I always forget he has seven brothers and three sisters. So they had a huge family and, um, all of, and my my dad thought the same way. Mm -hmm. Although my father was, um, a very learned man. He has a PhD. He's a very educated man, but he still thought of women as somehow, you know, in the same way that my grandfather did. Mm -hmm. So you take all that. And that was how that, that was, The what I learned, I guess, about dating Mm -hmm. and not dating and men and boys was really from that perspective, that perspective that my father sort of understood men to be kind of on the prey. Did your father have an arranged marriage? My (laughs) dad, no, my dad didn't. That's the weird thing. (laughs) He fell in love with my mom in college. They actually, and that was the other interesting thing. I mean, all these things that he didn't think was for himself, for our, his daughters, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it became this real, no, no. And I think some of it was because he was comfortable in India, he was comfortable. Mm-hmm. And my mom and him met through, you know, they, they met each other and they, it was definitely he, as my father always says, it was instantaneous love. They fell mm-hmm. in love immediately. Mm-hmm. Then they wrote letters. And then oh, he went I to love my, those, like love story. Yes. Yes. Stories. It was a beautiful <laughs> love story. And then he went to he, he went, you know, he said he wanted to get married. And of course, you know, they were like, how dare you? And they know we're going to get married no matter what. Oh, so they rebelled your yes, father and yes, your mom. They, they rebelled did. and they were like, you know what? Screw you. We're leaving. Exactly. Like, we're going to get married. We're running but away. But then they didn't run away. Cause then at the end they were like, fine, go ahead and get married. So they all got married and everybody was happy. And every, everybody was eventually okay with it. Right? Yes. They were okay. fine with it. Once they got used to the idea that they weren't going to have an arranged marriage. So
0: was your mom also a Punjabi
1: Christian? My mom was a Punjabi Christian. her um grandfather had converted from Hinduism. They, her grandfather oh my God. yeah, her grandfather they were from a Brahmin background and her grandfather had converted and so she was also a Christian. First of all, I've never heard of a Punjabi Christian. This is you're the first
0: Punjabi <laughs> you're the first Punjabi Christian that I know mm-hmm. and that I know exists. so that is that is insanely cool, but also at the same time, you have this you're christian punjabi um, your father your father was christian punjabi your mom was originally uh hindu
1: punjabi yeah. right my okay. father was muslim sorry from a muslim background my mother was from a hindu oh my background. god so you have yeah.
0: all you have everything you got the it all
1: <laughs> but yeah uh, well we do have a lot of relatives so if so there is other christians that are punjabi but we're probably related to them <laughs> You know, because that's just the brown Yeah, that's around. us. So, anyways, although my dad didn't really follow his own rules, when we, got, I think, when he got to America, I think his environment was different. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, there there is some part of when you live in India, you do trust, you trust that everyone's following the same rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everyone understands that my daughter is my daughter, and you know, this there's rules. I feel when you go to India, even now you go to India, there's rules. Even if kids are dating. Well, then they sneak around. Mm-hmm. They all they all know that it's not supposed to be out in the open. You know what I mean? So, or or but the Indian parents are in denial of that. Exactly. <laughs> they all deny it. And that's not happening in Your my house. Your kids homes. are kissing boys and girls,
0: people. <laughs> Wake
1: up. <laughs> that's true. Okay, anybody listening out there? If you say your kid's not dating, they are. They're just not telling you. And dating, everything that everything that falls under the umbrella of dating. Well, oh, are you gonna st- don't tell them? Yeah. Tell them on your next podcast what dating means. <laughs> you can't tell them now. That's a whole entire definition Yeah, of because they'll stop listening to you. Yeah, <laughs> you tell them right now. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, when I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to talk to boys, and here I was. I, I wasn't going- either. <laughs> Yeah, but, but you had you had other Indians to back you up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I had, I had no one. And so uh, everyone thought we were crazy because we were living in the Midwest where everyone plays sports, ice hockey and football. And then you had this Indian family, and all we ever did was read books and <laughs> <laughs> try to become smarter than. you Yeah, try were. to be smart. Everybody thought we were smart anyways because we were brown. They'd never seen anybody <laughs> smart as us. And then, and then they we couldn't wear swimsuits. Of course, I couldn't wear a swimsuit. I couldn't wear shorts. Mm. I couldn't ride a bike. What? More on that. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't ride a bike. I couldn't use tampons. Am I allowed to say that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> couldn't use tampons. No. Wow, um, couldn't date. Oh my gosh! And there was, you know, I had a thousand people in my graduating class, mm-hmm. and more than half of those were boys. My goodness! So you can imagine what would happen if one person would call to ask me for the homework assignment. <laughs> my dad would always ask me, "Why did you give him your number?" And I'd be like, "The white pages says Johnson, Christensen, Erickson, Sviansen, Huck." <laughs> and then it goes. Then it goes back to. You know, uh, you know, Svens and goes to all the other Swedish names. I'm like, you think they don't know one Huck in the whole stupid book? Of course, it's us. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that.
0: So luckily he, for me, there was at least ten Patels. So, oh but, my
1: gosh, Patels, yeah, all over the
0: place. <laughs> well, actually, in, we're in Yardley, Pennsylvania. There are there weren't many at the time, so oh, okay. I was still like, you know, a right. part of a small group. So
1: everybody thinks I'm a Patel. Just because that's the only Indian name they know. Right. <laughs> they always say, oh, Alisha Patel, right? Alisha. No. You're like Alisha <laughs> Alishab- Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, anyway, so yeah, that was my, so that was the <clears throat> dating culture I grew up. And then since I didn't really have a mom, I didn't really have anybody to kind of, um, Te- you know, just temper him.
2: Mm-hmm. My
1: father sort of just kind of ruled the roost mm-hmm. as a typical male, and everything he said went. So there wasn't a mom to say, you know what, you're sort of losing it here. You need to just chill. He just kind of like did everything, and everything was like, ah. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. you know, and it's surprising because my older siblings, the older ones, really had a normal dating life in the sense, I wouldn't say normal, I wouldn't call it normal. But they had my mom, mm. so they got to do things like they went to prom, they went to oh. you know they went they you know went to high school dances. They went they went to high school football games. I mean, I was literally not allowed to step out of my yard, and I am talking that is serious. How, <laughs> How old were your siblings? Like, what is the age order? Okay, so I have <clears throat> so. Back then, you mean? Mm-hmm. Like so when, well, I guess
0: when right around when your mom passed.
1: Yeah, when my mom died, um, my oldest sibling was seventeen. Okay, so yeah. they were
0: they were like yeah, grown.
1: so yeah, and they had a, had a pretty normal life. Okay, um, I think when she so there, you know, we called we've divided our family into two groups. I remember the, you telling me that. the yeah. biggers, <laughs> and then the three stooges, which is the three. <laughs> the, yeah, because really it was two families. And, yeah, you know the 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 beginning group got to really experience having a mom Mm -hmm. having more of a normal life Mm -hmm. and then the last three kind of was like help yeah where's the mom where's mom yeah and i think you know and a lot of their life was in india where there was a lot more comfort and i think they just felt more at home Mm -hmm. and then so you know so dating i I don't know if they dated i think they they grew up with not a huge emphasis on stay separate from each other Mm -hmm. where i grew up with Basically, as soon as I hit puberty, it was all about, don't talk to boys. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. <clears throat> don't talk to them. If they talk to you, look away. Wow. And if I smiled at them, you look like you're having a good time. Why did you smile at them? I'm like, what? what? Ah, no, I am serious. My dad was Whoa. very strict. My
0: parents were like kind of too awkward to have the conversation to that level. But my mom was would indirectly say things like, don't wear sleeveless shirts don't wear shorts don't wear. don't do things like this and then I think at like 15 she was like I give up she's like because I completely screwed up like with certain things and I don't want to like hide anything from you know my kids and I don't want them to hide anything from me I mean we still did but (laughs) wait so
1: you you could wear shorts and stuff growing up
0: I was allowed to wear shorts but I was not allowed to wear sleeveless shirts but if I wore shorts they had to be like long um, and I remember like going to one of my dad's like work picnics. Um, and my mom, I wore a, like a tank top that was, it was like two inches thick. It wasn't even like a spaghetti strap. It was like so thick. And my mom's like, why are you wearing that? And I'm looking at her. I'm like, we're going to a picnic. It's like a hundred degrees out. What do you mean? And this was me being like the quote unquote badass. Cause I knew I wasn't allowed to wear it, but I was like, whatever, I'm going to wear it anyway. And so I remember going to a picnic, but you know, I look back at it now and I'm like, you know, like. Indian uncles back then were kind of creepy and they wanted to like <laughs> stare at little girls. And but it's not even it's not even something that's like completely absolutely not true. It is true, right? Like and so and only because I kind of experienced it as I was growing up, like being looked at really awkwardly and weirdly. But I mean, that's a whole different whole different episode.
1: We can <laughs> we have, a, it. We can have. A, yes. everyone's got one of those uncles. So. Uh, I
0: think I got a couple of them, yeah. <laughs> and not relatives because I think for the most part my relatives are fine. It's oh. like it was like family friends that were like creepy, oh. um, and I don't know. It was just weird and that was odd. But anyway, not about me. It's about you and your stories. So. I like
1: your story. Like, you can
0: just keep going with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a whole different. It's a whole different. Uh, whole different episode. But um, so you're so essentially you had you know you guys were like your little clan your little posse of your siblings and <laughs> those so were how our many friends. those were your friends so yeah. how many of your siblings had arranged marriages
1: so none of my brothers did they all wanted to go out on their own and date and your dad was okay with that yeah because they were boys mm. <laughs> typical typical <laughs> but um my sisters all had well my sisters had different variances of arranged marriages i mean because so since we're gonna talk about arranged marriages, I mean, I don't necessarily think, you know, every arranged marriage is the same because you know, I grew up in a place where people would ask me these really stupid questions, like, now is everybody in your family pre-arranged? And I'd be like, There's no such thing as forget <laughs> those questions. Like, yeah. I'm just like, to... shut the crap up. You're like, no, nope, are, are you... you gonna still have an arranged marriage? I'm like, I don't think they don't so. even say arranged, they'll say pre-arranged. I'm like, <laughs> How do you prearrange something? I don't understand that. Anyway, (laughs) and the thing is, what they forget is historically, it's a European um, kind of notion to be arranged because, you know, they Mm -hmm. wanted to keep all the royal families and then the rich families wanted Mm -hmm. to keep all the money together. Mm -hmm. So that was how it really started. And even in this country, they had, you know, arranged marriages. That Mm -hmm. was very common. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think people often think it's Only in India, where they're having arranged marriages, where actually, Mm, it's not really true. Arranged marriages have been a part of many civilizations and cultures past Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. not just you know india and i
0: like that you mentioned that because even i didn't even really because we label it as arranged marriage but essentially it's just like hey i found somebody for you like it's kind of like meeting on a dating app and so this whole idea of like an arranged marriage and like people freaking the hell out about it it's like yes we were kind of arranged you know but it's because well at least for me it's because my perception of it is like here's a piece of paper here's a picture of this potential here's his height his weight his color uh, his skin tone whatever the hell is on a freaking biodata, which i don't even know i've never gotten one my sister got one one so but it's like that's my perception and that's what my anxiety was once tied to like this mm-hmm. piece of paper that mm-hmm. somebody was going to give me if i was raised to believe like you're going to get an arranged marriage you know um and my perception that that was different, then yeah, I probably wouldn't have as much anxiety. But if somebody's like, well, yeah, of course you're gonna have arranged marriage, and like, I'm gonna give you a piece of paper, and you're gonna have to decide on who you want. Like that was what I was raised to believe. So my, you know, like me being pushed up against marriage is kind of like me being pushed up against like an arranged marriage, which freaks me the hell out. So mm-hmm. and pushed up against meaning like my mom's putting pressure on me now, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, whatever. It's going to happen when it happens. But like yeah. So you.
1: So that, that. So that's interesting. That you still have pressure on you to get married, oh not necessarily have an arranged marriage, but just get married. Oh my! So much pressure. Right. So much pressure right. because and I'm
0: 30 and like my ovaries are still healthy yeah. and like, like I need to like get it get it moving. Right. But it's also like pressure coming from my my mom and like. The things that she wants and the things right. that she wants to fulfill, which is like, I want to see my grandkids. And like, right. she'll, she'll feel more accomplished if all her kids are married. Do you feel like if your kids are married,
1: like you've, you've done your job as a mom or you've done your job? I mean, yeah, I think everybody wants their kids to find someone that they love, but I don't think, I don't think everyone has to be married. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that that's necessary. I think some people function better as single people. Not that I am a proponent of you know, people, you know, anti-marriage, people who, anti-marriage <laughs> because I do think marriage can is is a wonderful thing, but it's not easy. And mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people say, Oh, I like dogs better than people. I'm like, all right, that's a major cop out because <laughs> a dog like, yeah, a dog likes you because otherwise if it doesn't like you, you're not gonna feed it and it'll die. Right. Which is not anything to do with a marriage or with children, right. you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's another topic. That's another <laughs> episode, right. episode hope, number three. Yeah, I hope you're writing all these down of so we can have lots of topics in my head. Um, but I do think, yeah, marriage is it. It, it is. I do want to see my kids married, but I don't think it's a have to. Right. You know, I have one son who is married, and we could talk. You should talk to him sometime. I will I because will. We'll dive he is into that a, in a bit. super modern guy and a super modern girl, but they ended up. Allowing us to introduce them to each other. Arrange them. Pre-arrange. It was, it, I pre-arranged them. <laughs> he never it. knew it before he was born. In my belly, I was pre-arranging them. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then I have another son who's not interested in getting married at all. There and he's go. been very open about it. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I want him to find someone. But if he doesn't get married... I, I certainly am not going to be pressuring him. Yeah. I mean, I think I might, I, I do mention, hey, you know, when you get married, I'm not getting married. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's basically how it goes. Like, going. you're okay with that. I'm okay with it, but I feel like, I feel like he's a guy that I would like to have, I would like to have him find someone to love.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, And I, I would, and I, I feel that that would be good for him as, yeah. to, you know, to grow with someone. And old.
0: part of, and part of the reason why I wanted to call you, or when we were talking on the phone that day, I said, oh my God, she's got the. Multicultural perspective, the multi religion perspective, <laughs> the modern mom perspective, the mom who raised two boys in America perspective, the um, what was the other one? Oh, the non traditional and traditional career path perspective. So, like, that was all so fascinating to me, which is why I called you and I was like, oh my god, Yay. and she's funny and her laugh is great. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but back to what we were talking about with like your um, your siblings and their marriages and like. Like, yeah. you know, t- talk a little bit more about that because only because I'm just curious. Like, the boys didn't get arranged marriages, your sisters had gotten arranged. Some, some, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, mm-hmm. we were talking about um, the, the different forms the of part. arranged marriages. I mean,
1: I think, I think my brothers decided not to because I think they, they just dated and they met girls here. I mean, mm-hmm. so they're all married to, um, they're all married to, like, Americans, mm-hmm. white Americans, mm-hmm. they're all wonderful sister-in-laws, but yeah, they're all white Americans. So their mm-hmm. children are mixed. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that, that makes it very interesting. Um, my eldest, my, uh, well, my one sister, my eldest sister married, um, a man that my dad did introduce her to. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like my dad really did take a lot of thought in that. I think, I don't think he necess, you know, I, I think he was really still quite involved she was older. Mm-hmm. Um, and when my mom died, she was older. So um, he really still knew my sister well. Mm-hmm. And I think by the time it got to me, my father really sort of checked out after a while. Um, he was more involved with his work and with his, um, his second wife. Mm-hmm. And he and I, I think my father just didn't know me very well. Mm-hmm. And I think with my eldest sister, I think he knew her. And he mm-hmm. knew what kind of man would be good for her. Mm-hmm. And um, he introduced them. He came to our house, um, and when he came to my our house, I thought it was. I was very young; I was seven, mm. um, and he was like another father to me. I have to say, when he died, he he died like about ten years ago. So, um, mm-hmm. and they were married for, oh my gosh, maybe thirty years or something. A long, oh, long time. Wow. Okay. Maybe more. Okay. I should. They got married in nineteen seventy two. Mm-hmm. So long time. Sure. Yep. Um. So that was you know, I think they had a very successful marriage, mm-hmm. very successful marriage. And then my other sister, um, she had also had a range marriage similar, but um, you know, she, she got divorced. Mm-hmm. So that, mm-hmm. that marriage did not work. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's remarried and she remarried, she dated mm-hmm. and she remarried and she's married to an American guy. She very found happy. her like teenage self again. That's like, I want to yeah. date and like, yeah. I want
0: to, I know myself on a better level and now yeah. I, I'm comfortable with
1: yeah I think zero. my second sister would tell probably have a very i I don't know now maybe she'll disagree when she hears this, but I would say that she would probably um not be a proponent of any kind of arranged marriage <laughs> yeah. I because I think her she has had she had a pretty pretty negative I think hers was mm. quite negative
2: negative. Mm, okay.
1: and so and that that could be for anything I don't think I don't think that you can get married in a, with an arranged marriage and have hundred percent success. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can get married dating and have a hundred percent success. I mean, marriage is, you know, it's a crap shoot. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, sorry. you don't know.
2: You just don't know. <laughs> no, you, way. You, you don't. Just, you know,
1: I mean, it's a risk, the dice. right? And, but it, marriage is a risk and relationships are a risk. But if you don't take a risk, you never, you never mm-hmm. find love. Yeah. So you've got to, risk. I love that. I need to write that down. Okay. I need to write that down. <laughs> okay. That's beautiful. I like okay. that. Yeah, you got to. You have and even what you're doing right now, you're starting a podcast. That's a risk. Mm-hmm. And or when you, you know, when you quit your your uh, corporate life mm-hmm. and decided mm-hmm. to do um, what you loved, your passion, which was makeup and right. artistry and all mm-hmm. the creative, that is a risk. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. I think anything that's worth it is a risk, but mm-hmm. you know, you don't know. It yeah. may not work out. Okay. Yeah. And, and you have to be okay with that. Yep. You got to be okay. Cause you learn. And I think Debbie, yeah. my, Oh, I said, her. sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was <went for, laughs> my sister. Yeah. I promised not to <laughs> say her any names, but, um, I think my second sister, um, I just, I, that's I would say that she would not be a proponent of it. Sure, I would sure, say sure. that she would probably say that dating is a better way to get married. Okay, got and, it. and I think she has she's married happily, and he's a wonderful guy, mm-hmm. and yeah, they dated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, my sister, the next sister, I'm I'm gonna have to say her name, Hannah.
0: Sure, who's <laughs> my, the one
1: with the curly hair?
0: Hannah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, she got married. It was arranged, but it was a. I would say. You know, Hannah always knew herself very well because my dad tried to hook her up with somebody and he was all for this guy and he was putting on the pressure. And my sister was like, yeah, no, I'm not. That's not going to work. And (laughs) instead of telling my dad that's not going to work, she just rode directly to the guy and said, don't talk to me anymore. Oh (laughs) my God. I love that. (laughs) I don't want anything more to do with you. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so upsetting. Instead of, you know how usually, so for your listeners, usually if you're arranging anything, it's between the parents, the parents talk. And then the parents are the ones that have the kids start talking. So if something's not going to work, you go and tell your parent and you tell the parent, this is not working. I don't like this guy. Mm -hmm. And then the parent will tell the other parent. So you don't intercede that's for yourself. That's the process. So my sister, of course, she's like, yeah, I'm not going to use my dad. She just went and just said, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. I don't like you. She, she created the new rule. <laughs> yes, she did. And of course, my father was fit to be tied. He was like, that was my friend. How dare you tell? And she was like, I don't like him. And that was it. So, wow. Where'd yeah. she get her lady balls from? She, that's what she's got. She's got lady balls. She. She just, you know what, uh, one thing I, I admire so much about her, she never did anything that she didn't want to do. I love that. She, and she That's was mean. very quiet. <laughs> yeah, she was very quiet, not like me, mm. very quiet, but never, she just, nope, I'm not going to do it. And she, ne- no argument. Ooh. No one ever heard a thing about it. Somehow, all of a sudden, silently, something would happen. She I'd set like, the
0: tone. Exactly. She said, listen. <laughs> If you're going to ask me to do something, I better enjoy it. Yes. Otherwise, don't ask me.
1: Exactly. I remember when she, she my dad used to have this thing about girls not cutting their hair. Because, you know, hair mm-hmm. is the yes. glory of a woman. Yes. And he'd always quote Bible scriptures and say, oh, don't cut your hair. In the Bible, it says, you know, the hair is a woman's glory. And would be like, whatever. <laughs> so, of course, Hannah just oh. goes one day, comes home, hair all chopped off up to her neck. <laughs> oh my god. Your dad probably lost his shit. He did. And uh not what could he do? After that she never grew it again. She always had short hair. That's amazing. And I love that. She that's probably felt her. liberated.
0: She probably felt so liberated. Yeah, she but that's like- her.
1: She doesn't make any she just
0: uh-huh, uh-huh goes and does exactly what she wants to. do. Oh my god. That's like sometimes my sister does that and I'm like, "Well, she did it. I'm allowed to do it." <laughs> yeah. That was that's me. Yep.
1: Um So when she got married, she didn't like that guy. She didn't like anything. And then my dad, then my sister, Miriam, actually. Mm. Oh, I said another name. My, my eldest <laughs> They're going to come after you. Like, Why, are you <laughs> leave Why are you giving away all the secrets? My <laughs> eldest sister, um, her husband um, knew uh, Han- Hannah's current husband. Uh-huh. And they had talked. And she said, I think. And he said, I'm looking for somebody to get married to. He was living in Maryland at that time. Mm-hmm. And his mother was pressuring him to get married. And so he said, so much pressure. And so then he, you know, so through my sister, Mm -hmm. he met my sister, Hannah. And as soon as he met her, they were like, we are, we are together. We are doing this. We are together. And um, so, yeah. So then he was living close enough where they saw each other, you know, not often, but enough. He could drive up to see her. Right. Wow. So you had all these different versions of marriage
0: that you had seen growing up. Yes. And then when it came to alicia turn oh tell us God. about that because i remember i remember you briefly telling me that like it was
1: just it was rushed it was yes it was like
0: here's a good man blah blah, blah
1: go yeah so my dad i i would say by the time it came around to my dad to hannah and i i don't think my father knew us mm-hmm. i and i think you know that that was on him mm-hmm. um and i you know people make mistakes i don't I don't hold that against him. I think that's in mm-hmm. the past. But mm-hmm. at that time, I was a little, you know, miffed about the fact that my father didn't know me at all. Mm-hmm. But yet he wanted to marry me off. And mm-hmm. I really do say marry me off. I think with Hannah, as you know, as this two stories I told you about her, she just was, she wasn't going to have anything that she wasn't 100% on board for. Mm-hmm. For me, I really wanted to make my dad happy. Mm-hmm. That was really, I I spent an entire lifetime Trying to make my father happy because of the fact that you were the youngest, and I think it's just a quirk in my personality. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what it is. I think, I think, I just I like to make. My father was a really big deal to me, and to make mm-hmm. him happy was really important mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And I could never do it. I could never figure out what am I going to do to make. I this just got the guy. chills. <laughs> It's like
0: such a because it's such a raw emotion to have yeah. that like as a daughter and like and just say, I just want to like show you all the love that I can show you. Yes, and I'm gonna just
1: you know just say yes to it all. Um. So yes, and I think I think that's something that a lot of daughters share, not just South Asians, but all women really feel this need to make mm-hmm. their fathers happy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a success because you have a dad that has expectations that are doable, Uh or you have a father like mine Uh who expects you to be a physicist or a mathematician or all these things that I just didn't have the brains for. I just didn't know I'm not a physicist. Uh Sadly, I had a brother who's a PhD in physics. And so he expected all of us to be PhDs in (laughs) physics. Um, (laughs) As every brown parent. (laughs) Yes. And I just couldn't do it. I was a creative person. I mean, you're looking at a creative person. I could not,
0: college was hard. I was not an, I was not a,
1: like school was not my thing, but I just did it because I had to do it. Right. Cause you, you, and we, and I think, I think South Asians share that. Mm -hmm. We do that a lot. We do things just because we feel like we're kind of like, okay, you have to. Right. And I think, you know what? That's something someday we can talk about that. But with Mm -hmm. my kids, I really wanted them to feel liberated Mm -hmm. to do what they loved, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. do what. I'm expecting them to do. And I mm-hmm. I do feel both of them are yeah, doing that. Good. And it's not Indian. Right. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> at all. They're not Indian. They're not good Indian boys.
2: <laughs> they don't
0: fall under the they just doing,
1: ah, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I think they're happy. And that's yeah. the most important thing. Yeah. But my father, I guess, and I think I just wanted to make him happy. And I think he wanted, he was, he was under a lot of pressure from his wife because she really wanted me to get married. Why? Uh, I, um, well, she's my stepmother, and I think that she. Uh, I mean, I didn't really. I, I don't. We didn't really get along. Was it a community thing,
0: like a community pressure from her, like in the sense of like, oh my God, everybody? No, we didn't talk. have a community.
1: Remember? Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there is no community. Yeah. Um, no, I think we just she we did not get along mm. and i think i was a thorn in her side mm-hmm. because i was constantly the big mouth pointing things out you know you didn't do this and you did so you know <laughs> i in some ways i deserve it mm. i don't know right. read the book yeah. um, <laughs> coming soon <laughs> coming soon the book is coming you can read all about that whole dynamic um but i think he had a lot of pressure i think i was annoying to him because i was always upsetting the apple cart you know, he wanted things smooth, and here was me saying, But you know what happened? This wasn't fair, cause she did this and this, and mm. then there'd be a big fight, and then right. so I was sort of not the child to keep quietly at home. <laughs> <laughs> and I think secondarily, I think he was worried about me mm. because I was, you know, I think he I think in his heart he knew that I was dating. Mm. I mean, I was. I had dated, I had I dated one. Uh, American guy for a long time. Mm-hmm. Then I dated another guy, Indian guy for a while. I dated a lot of other, but so those were my two relationships. Uh-huh. But I had lots of how other, old many dates. How
0: old were you when you were in those two relationships?
1: Oh, right after high. Soon as high school is over. <laughs> soon as I turned eighteen. Oh yes, but they're all <laughs> sneaks. I was sneaking around. Well, how did you sneak around with a oh, father that was so strict? Oh, because my dad didn't want us to drive because he thought he called the the car the moving bedroom. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> so Listen, he didn't let. He, yes, at least he knew. At least he wasn't that he naive. No, he knew what was going on inside cars. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, my sister Hannah and I we had to take public transportation, and it wasn't that great because we were living in the suburbs. So we got jobs in Minneapolis and it was just an express bus. And if you missed one express bus, then, um, you know, it was like another hour and a half to two hours before the next one came. So we would always conveniently miss our buses.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I love
1: and that. he believed he, it. Oh, he believed it because he didn't want to come pick us up. She didn't want to come pick us up. So yeah, okay, just take the next one. All right, fine. So that was most of my dating was quick before the bus got here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, we got two hours. What yeah. do you want to do? Exactly. <laughs> but I was I was more strict on myself than he would have ever been because I always assumed he was looming outside the windshield <laughs> saying, What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you sitting here? You in would that? see his face. <laughs> yeah. Oh so my. yeah, they were not like super. You know, great dates because sure. most of the time it was just like, oh, I wonder if my dad's going to catch me. Well, you're trying to
0: date in like, what, what, how, what, what era was this? This is like, oh, uh, it was
1: Prince time, 1980. There you go. It was right in the middle of South all that, Asian yeah. woman yeah.
0: trying to date in the 80s without cell phones, without, oh, you yes. know, all that good job. Yeah. So
1: on um, the MTA, yes. Minneapolis um, bus system. There you go. So that was all worked in. <laughs> so I love yeah, that. Yeah. So I did, I did date a lot, but it was very, um basically it was I like to eat so who could me take too. me? Who could take me out to dinner? And when was it gonna be free?
0: So it's still. Oh, and and and
1: so I don't feel so bad because I still have the same mentality. Oh good. <laughs> I always. I never had any money, but I always wanted to eat. So I'd be like, okay, oh wait, yeah, I'll go out with you. Wait, where are we going to eat? Basically, I and they'd always say, you know what? You're the only date that doesn't drink. Because I'd be like, why would I bother wasting any time drinking? Right. Just get me to the food. Yeah. <laughs> You're
0: like, I just want the French fries. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> Pl- because in our house, it was just Indian food. Oh, so right. So it's like I,
0: Fridays were like a luxury. Like oh. we would have pizza on Friday. Like we would have typical like Monday through Thursday, or actually Sunday through Thursday, like full-blown Gujarati food. And then Friday and or Saturday would be like the lucky day. It's like, oh, oh do we get to go out? Or Do we get to eat quesadillas tonight? Like oh, something, something that's non- not Indian. Yeah. I mean, like I was raised on roti, Shock or roll, like you know two course meal here whoa yeah it was a full-blown situation okay, but yeah. yeah so
1: you know yeah oh yeah going yeah. out on a date and getting regular food was like hey hamburgers okay
0: yeah. oh my god it's a luxury <laughs> to go to college because i didn't have to eat that stuff every day
1: exactly <laughs> um, um so anyway so then that so those were the pressures I think my dad really wanted me to get married because yeah. i think i think he did know mm-hmm. there was all this going on although he didn't talk about it or mm-hmm. oh well he didn't Couple times he caught me, you know, mm. we had conversations, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Wait, conversations or was it yelling? Yelling. He yelled. He would get really mad. How dare you run around and mm. what do they think of you? And you know, who the world's gonna, you know, all that.
0: That whole thing about what is the
1: world going to think about you, right, right, and no one will ever marry you, and uh, and I'd be like, okay, who cares? (laughs) Which probably pissed him off even more. Exactly. So then, yeah. So then he, I think it, it, I think when he decided it was time for me to get married, it was pretty random. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something like, let me think about what she's like, and I was not like my sister Hannah who spoke up for herself. Mm-hmm. And Hannah, you know, she didn't really care about pleasing my dad. She mm-hmm. wanted to please herself, mm-hmm. which is good. Right. yeah. Which is the right way to do things. <laughs> I wasn't that tough. Right. So anyways, I mean, yeah. So I got married. I think it was a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that. I do not. And I would never do that to anybody. I felt really super pressured. Mm-hmm. I think I felt... Um, I I mean, it, it just... I. <sighs> it was not a positive experience. Mm. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, but you know, it was, it was one of those experiences that I think, you know, I do believe that every experience can help you to grow as a person. Absolutely. And I do think, you know, I mean, being married, I've, I've been married now over 30 years. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I mean, I've come to kind of see it as, you know, it for that time in my life, it was okay it mm-hmm. ended up working okay for mm-hmm. that time of my life right. because um you know i, I always wanted to marry some, i the you know i was dating this one guy mm-hmm. and i guess i had not i might have ended up marrying him mm-hmm. but i think that would have been a bad choice for me sure. because my dream in life was to travel. Mm -hmm. I always used to say all I ever want to do is see the world. Yeah. And I got to do that. And you do. I yes. And I got to do that because that and and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to go to India. I wanted to have someone who was very comfortable with my Mm -hmm. cultural um ins and outs. I Mm -hmm. wanted someone who I didn't have to be embarrassed when, you know, he didn't say hello to my dad the first Mm -hmm. time he walked. And I, you know, and and I think that's just how there's things I, I used to like dread things like if if I married somebody who didn't understand that my father might yell at him, but Mm -hmm. you can't say anything back, Mm -hmm. you know, that whole thing. Like that, that whole, um, respect for elders. Yes. Like Indian elders. Yes. And you know, and, and why, you know, I I just, I wanted someone that I could be comfortable and not have to explain things. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to explain why in my house they're eating their food with chapatis and with their hands. (laughs) Yes, that's true. You know,
0: I I did you kind of want when you met your when you met your husband, did you feel like you had like a little internal checklist of like, okay, this is what he has to
1: be, otherwise I'm out. No. You just were like, all right, dad, I guess this is Yeah, I had pretty much given up. By that by the time because I had told my dad no, and he got so mad at me for such a long period of time. My father is a guy that will never be if he's angry, he won't be silent. He'll just Mm. He'll just talk to you until you change your mind. My dad, <laughs> my dad wouldn't talk to me for four, four weeks, three and a half, four weeks. Oh my god! And that was like the worst torture ever, and I couldn't put up with that. How old were you when you got married? Uh, I was twenty-four, too young. Too I would young. wait. Yeah, I would wait until now. Now I know. Right. I, I don't think I was ready to be a wife. I was a terrible, terrible wife.
0: <laughs> how so? Like were you just not I like just, you just didn't like? Were you kind of like I don't really know how to do this right exactly. now? Exactly. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. I,
1: where where had I been? Right. I had lived in this one house. I hadn't really gone anywhere. I hadn't done anything. I was just a terrible, awful wife. Mm-hmm. I was very selfish. Mm. I was. Um, I, I needed. I needed more seasoning, mm. and I didn't have any. It was like I was raw. I mm. had <laughs> never been cooked, and wow. I someone just threw me out there, and I was like, "What?" I didn't know anything about finances. I didn't know anything about nothing. I knew nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's tough. Yeah, really I, yeah, I was I would say I was a terrible wife at the beginning, but I, I think I turned into a good one. Yeah, I'm um, evolved. I evolved because I got, I got you know what? I had no self-esteem. Mm. I didn't believe in myself when I left that house. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I could do anything. And through my marriage, and this is why I say this is the good parts about being married. I became me mm-hmm. through my marriage. I didn't know anything about India. Mm-hmm. I'd never been. I didn't even know there was such a thing as South India, North India.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I learned all of that through my marriage because he's from South India, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, yeah. What is um What is your husband's background? He's from Tamil Nadu. Okay. Yeah, South it, Indian. Yeah, South Indian. And he came to this country as a when he got married, right? Yeah. So, so he was an immigrant. Wow. When he came. Yeah.
0: So like, how did that whole like religious upbringing and like you know like your upbringing? tie into your marriage? Like how did that, like, you know, what, what kind of yeah. conversations were those? Well, like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he was curious, like, Whoa, you have been all over the place. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I think the only thing as far as religion goes that played into marriage was that I think I did want to have someone who shared my faith. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, there was by the time that I was, um, in my twenties living in, in the eighties in Minneapolis, there was more Indians there, You're right okay. there, but there just wasn't any real Christian Indians. There, okay. are, there are Muslims or Hindus, uh-huh. but I didn't really share that with them. And I think my faith is a big part of who I am. Uh-huh. I mean, I can't really deny, uh, such a huge part uh-huh. of, I mean, I have a really strong faith. Right. Um, so I did want to. To have someone who shared that, and I did, and I was always attracted to Indians. Mm -hmm, I have mm -hmm, to say that mm -hmm. I always wanted an Indian man. Just looks wise, Mm -hmm. that's what I like. Dark hair, brown skin. Uh, Yes, (laughs) the darker the skin, the better. The darker the hair, that I like dark skin, and I like dark hair, and I like like like, yes, and I like dark eyes. I like, I I like Indians. I like the way they Mm -hmm, look. mm -hmm. So I always wanted an Indian. So. That, that was another sort of challenge, I think, being mm-hmm. a Christian and an Indian is trying to find an Indian who's a Christian and is smart and is this mm-hmm. and, and you you know, and you can live with them and they're okay. That's hard because your pool of picking is way bigger than mine. It's just a mess. No, but you <laughs> – come on. In New Jersey, there's a lot of Hindus that are your age, that are boys. Yeah, but they're also
0: like this generation of Indians, which is a whole different ball game. Like you got a lot of, you know, there's like a lot of other things you have to take into consideration, like how many people have you slept with, how what kind of oh. dro- what kind of drugs have you done, oh. you know, like all that kind of fun stuff, that's which true. is it's just like kind that of like a pain true. in the ass to deal. How with. How are you going to find that? Um, well, that's a question. Well, well, I mean, I'm still <laughs> single. <laughs>
1: I'm 30 and still
0: single. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I can't say that like my past relationships, well, I would say some of them ended because of situations like that. But like, I'd say most of them was because we simply just couldn't get along. We couldn't come to terms with things. But, um, yeah, like I just, um, I think that, you know, I think your story is so like, it's, it's so diverse and it's so unique. And I mean, we need to have a second episode because I think there's so much more that we need to dive into. And I think this was just kind of like an introduction to who is Elisheba, but I like, I obviously know who you are. Like, and now I know you on a deeper level, which is freaking amazing because I was like, Oh my God. Like I feel like now that we've talked, it's like, Oh my God, I know so much more about you. Um, I think that there's so much that, you know, you know, so much that my listeners can take away from this in terms of like, you know, am I allowed to listen to myself? Am I allowed to feel, you know, feel free from the thought of, excuse me, <clears throat> am I allowed to feel free from the thought of, you know, not having to force myself to marry somebody for my parents? You know, am I allowed to... um you know, do I, ha- how much do I have to take into consideration religion and, and upbringing and all that kind of stuff. And like, you know, on top of all that, like an hour generation would deal with baggage. Right. And it's yeah. like baggage in terms of past relationships, baggage in terms of like things that I just mentioned, like drugs and like, mm-hmm. you know, crazy ex-girlfriends or crazy ex-boyfriends, like all that kind of stuff. And so I think it's so, so, so fascinating. And you know, what really encouraged me to launch this podcast was to talk to people like you who not just have unique stories, but could showcase perspective in terms of, you know, like, how can we shake our generation a little bit to say, yo, like chill out. Like it's going to be okay. We have options. We just have to dig a little bit deeper into who we are and, and you know, how we were raised and like, you know, embrace it almost. Cause we didn't, nec- we didn't have to leave our countries, you know, we didn't, and some people have, you know, some mm-hmm. people did have mm-hmm. to leave, you know? And so I think we have this unique pool of people who are from all over the, the world that, you know, come here at, I guess, either my age or are just already raised here and then figure out how to date and like, you know, figure out how to communicate and also understand ourselves in the whole process. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's a mental, like it, for lack of better words, it's a mental mind fuck. Mm -hmm. And so, but if the thing is, it's like, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, like you said, like if I didn't go through those experiences, if I didn't, you know, go through with my marriage, if I didn't go through with, uh, or if I didn't um, have such a strict father, or if I didn't you know, experience losing the loss of my mom and then having the stepmom come into the picture, I wouldn't be where I am. Right. And I think that that's what makes you so unique and special because you've had all these experiences yet. You're a successful, like you're successful in your career. You're, you're a phenomenal writer. You speak well, you, uh, you have successfully raised two wonderful kids and like, you know, like you're living in this wonderful, beautiful house. And so like <laughs> it's like you made it, you know, and like now it's just Aww. like the, like life just goes on forward yeah. as like the cherry on top of like you get to travel, you get to do this, you get to hang out with friends, you get to like you're healthy, you know, like all these wonderful things that come out of it. And I think that, you know, we go into like these, these situations with like marriage pressure and all this stuff of like. Oh my God, the world is coming to an end, and it's mm-hmm. really not right. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's just you're up against a you're up against a new timeline, which is or not even a timeline. You're up against, um, you know, like you know, basically the universe just saying, okay, like you know, maybe you want to consider this, or maybe you want to think about this, or like, hey, maybe you should start thinking about dating, or start thinking about the type of person that you could see yourself with. Um, and a lot of times in our generation, we come with checklists, and I think that that's yeah. what was so, so, so important to me because I think I wanted to kind of show people like you don't have to come with a checklist. Your checklist should be your own checklist of like who you are as a person. And have you asked yourself, do I fulfill this? Am I, am I confident in where I want to be? Am I successful in where I want to be? And bring that to the table versus because you can't predict your, you can't predict anything that's going to happen in the next five minutes, in the next five years, in the next 10 years, you can say to yourself, I would love to be a doctor. I would love to be this or I would love to be that, but those things may never happen and you mm-hmm. have to be okay with it. Just like we had talked about earlier. So, um, I just want to wrap up by saying thank you. For, okay. Thank you for opening
1: up. No problem. And being, I have. We will <laughs> have to talk again because I have so much more. I know to say so much more. All I, all more. I, I this, think, yes. I think we have to
0: have an episode number two because I think Absolutely. I really want to dive into Absolutely. like what you, what, like <laughs> I really want to dive into <laughs> what, you, or how, how you, uh, I guess, uh, took in like seeing your husband for the first time. Oh
1: my gosh. (laughs) Okay. Well, we can talk about, okay. One thing I want to add. Yes. Do we have any, do we have even, Oh, I I have a few minutes. Okay. One thing I want to add, this is what I can tell your listeners so that we wrap this up. I, I think that the biggest thing is, um, Is I feel people throw the baby out with the Mm bathwater. There is something good to be said for dating. There's something good to be said for, you know, modern arranged marriage, which is ask, you know, there's nothing wrong with asking a relative you trust, trust Mm
2: -hmm. a
1: relative you trust. Or that you think that you trust and you might not trust
0: them afterwards, but it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. You have to just trust.
1: Yes. You have to take a risk. And sometimes taking a risk is saying, I'm ready to get married. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with saying that. And I feel like people do not want to say that because that shows some weakness in them. Mm -hmm. I think it's honorable Mm -hmm. to know that I've come to the stage where I want to make a commitment. And you know what? I think it's honorable to ask someone Mm -hmm. that loves you. Listen, if you ever meet anybody that's interesting, I would love to meet them. Mm -hmm. And that is about as far as I would go with an arranged marriage. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's about, and that's with my son. That's pretty, pretty. He had, he dated, but he just never met somebody. He wanted an intelligent. He kept saying, I want someone intelligent. These girls are so stupid. I
0: mean, some <laughs> of them are. Yeah. And as then, well as guys.
1: Yeah. And then, and he would meet girls and he'd say, oh, she wasn't smart, but she was pretty, but she wasn't smart. Mm-hmm. Or he'd meet a pretty girl or a, a smart girl and he'd say, eh, but there's nothing there, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, I think I really give him a lot of credit for having enough guts to stand out a month because all his friends gave him crap for doing Mm -hmm. that, for saying, are you really going to, he did, he asked, he said, Hey, listen, if you ever meet anybody, I'd love to meet her. He was open. And I think that is, you got to take a risk and you've got to be open. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if you can be open to anything and to say, you know what? I might just risk a little bit and I'm going to be open. Yeah. You shouldn't make sure that they have a job. Yeah. Make sure that they don't have a criminal history. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Common sense. Right. But then I don't think that there's a wrong way to get married. I think you can get married through dating, you can get mm-hmm. married through what we talked about, you mm-hmm. can get married many you can you can, you can volunteer and yeah. at a great place and meet someone wonderful that way. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong yeah. and there's not and it doesn't matter which way you get married, there will be challenges. Yes.
0: And of course and and thank you for for saying that because The final thing that I want to say was, you know, with risk come with risk comes lessons. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, you have to understand going into a relationship or going into just the dating world, like you might get your heart broken, but it was a lesson that you were meant to learn so it's okay. And that's only going to help you evolve more as a person. And it doesn't matter if you, what background you're from or how old you are, or if you've been married and gone through a divorce, like they were, these were all lessons. And I think that that's what I think that people should, you know, take away versus, Oh my God, well, he's not a doctor and he's not this, he's not that. And it's like, it it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? As long as, you know, as long as he's not this person, not bringing you down and like making you feel awful about yourself. But even then it's like, those are all lessons, you know, like yes. they're all lessons of like, where's your self-worth, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, thank you for mentioning that. Cause I was going to ask you what's your last piece of advice <laughs> for, for dating and for, for anybody out there who's single or who's, you know, going through a rough time in their marriage or anything. Um, I think that that was very, very valuable. So I appreciate thank that. Thank you, Pyle. This thank has you. been
1: so much fun. I know this will have cool. to do it again.
0: Absolutely. So, okay. um, stay tuned everyone for, um, hopefully another episode with but and make sure you follow her on Instagram and she's going to come out with a book. What's the name of your book?
1: Well, right now it's called Mama G. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love but that. We'll see if it stays that way. My editor's busy, busy working on it. So okay. we'll see. All right. Well,
0: we're going to have to make her or him work a little harder because
1: yeah. we really want to read it <laughs> now. So thanks everyone. Thank you.